Welcome back to Pace Immigration, paceimmigration.com, talking with Immigration Director Vince Lalonde. Vince, good to see you. You too, Sean. Uh, so today we're talking about job offer, the best way to immigrate to Canada. We get a lot of email, or I should say you do, get mm -hmm. a lot of email inquiring how to get into Canada and can I get a job and where do I look for a job? And we'll try and answer some of those questions today. There are yeah. various ways to do it. We can jump right in with the Express Entry Program, which is pretty much the program, except it's kind of on hold, isn't it? Yeah. So really, like, you know, I think saying the job offer is the best way to immigrate to Canada. It, it might be the, the only way to immigrate to Canada for a lot of people right now. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're a refugee or you're married to a Canadian or you're in a common relationship with a Canadian who can sponsor you or you're a business person who would like to come here and... Uh, you know, do business, set up a, a, an enterprise here in Canada, then there are options for those people. But uh, for everybody else, if you are outside of Canada, if you're not uh, physically in Canada and you want to apply for permanent residence, you don't really have a lot of options right now. And this is the reason. Uh, the, the main pathway, the primary pathway for people who are outside of Canada and who would like to immigrate uh, skills-based immigration is the skilled worker program. The program has been around forever, but it's been officially on pause since March 2020. So since the beginning of the pandemic, uh, that means that if you submit, if you create an express entry profile, uh, you submit an expression of interest under the express entry program, you're not going to receive an invitation to apply if you're not physically in Canada, if you're not here on a job offer or a student. Okay, so, you know, that really limits your options. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe some people are listening to me thinking it's not that big of a deal because they can always wait for the program to reopen. I mean, the pandemic isn't going to go on forever. The skilled worker program is going to reopen eventually. But I just want to remind people here that even when the program does reopen, it's extremely competitive right now because with this EOI system that we have, you're competing against everybody else who has also created an express entry profile in the system. So your profile needs to be almost perfect in order to get an invitation to apply from the federal government. So right now it's on pause, but even when it does reopen, it's super, super competitive. And it's very difficult to get that invitation to apply if you're not physically present in Canada, if you're living outside Canada. Let's take a look at the Express Entry Program for just a second for people that might sure. not be uh, well-versed in it. Basically, what happens is you you go online and you look at the Express Entry and you have to create an Express Entry profile. Yeah. And you score certain points on things like how old you are, your education right. and that kind of thing, right? And yeah. so what you're saying with the expression of interest system, creating steep competition, there's going to be a lot of people on there with a lot of points. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, think about the, the back. They haven't been taking anybody under this program for almost two years now or, you know, actually two years. So there, there's going to be a huge pool of people, very talented people with, uh, you know, who are checking all the right boxes, who are going to be submitting profiles under the Express Entry Program. And in order to get invited to apply, you have to be one of the best. So you have to have higher points than anybody else who's also submitted an expression of interest profile. Uh, so yeah, so age, education, uh, language ability, uh, you know, uh, work experience, everything you need to get almost max points in order to qualify 
under the skilled worker program if you're submitting your name uh, into the express entry pool. So like I said, it's on pause right now, but even when it does reopen, it's gonna be really tough. So what's the solution? Well, the solution is to get your foot in the door, find a way to get into Canada first, because you know everybody's been hearing on the news that Canada, you know, maybe some people listening are surprised because they heard that last year, Canada accepted a record number of new permanent residents, I think over 400,000. So where are these people coming from if they're not coming from outside of Canada? Well, the answer is they're coming from inside Canada. A lot of them are physically present in Canada. They're either working or they're studying in Canada. Those people are still getting invitations to apply. Yeah, that was a bit of a hedge, wasn't it? I mean, the, the average person reading that, that 400,000 newcomers came, you know, were accepted uh, for permanent residency in Canada would make, you know, that average uh, person think, oh, there must have been 400,000 people that came over. But that's not the case. Basically, because of the pandemic rules, uh, with the borders closed and everything, they just found the people that were already here, whether they were students or already working here as temporary workers, and then just made them permanent. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So, the, you know, the lots of invitations to apply still going out under the express entries uh, under the uh, express entry program, but those were being sent out to people who were already here on the ground in Canada. Okay, so let's take a look at uh, those people then, the workers and the students, the people that were already here. You're saying yeah. the solution into, is to get into Canada as a worker or student. So maybe that almost sounds uh, kind of problematic with the fact that the express entry uh, system is closed right now. So how can workers get in if it's not through express entry? Yeah, so there's a, well, there's a couple of, uh, first of all, I'll just say a couple words about coming over as a student. Okay. Uh, coming over as a student can be great if it fits in with your career trajectory. So if you, you know, if, if uh, you know, studying or furthering your education makes sense to you from a career standpoint, then it could be a good option. We have great schools in Canada, obviously, but it's not, a, it doesn't really fit in for everybody. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, already have their career path kind of well-established. They don't need to go back to school. And studying in Canada uh, is great, but it's also a huge financial commitment because, first of all, you're paying international student fees. Uh, also, you have to, you know, pay your expenses while you're in Canada. And as you and I know, Sean, the cost of living in Canada right now is really high, especially in cities like Toronto or Vancouver, where a lot of the good schools are. So, you know, unless it's it's a good fit for you uh, career-wise and you have the financial resources, it's a lot easier to come here and work, okay? If you can find a job in Canada, come here, you hit the ground running when you arrive, uh, then that's going to be a, a better solution for a lot of people. But like you said, uh, it's it's not just a question of getting a job and coming over. Okay, there's some loopholes that you need to go go through. Okay, if you get a job in Canada, you have a couple of options. Uh, first of all, for most people who get a job in Canada, they're going to be coming over on a work permit first. Okay, but not everybody. Okay, some people maybe depending on where the usually it's a geographic question. Okay, if your job is in a certain area, you might be able to apply for permanent residence directly and that's really the dream you know you get a job you come over to canada you're a permanent resident and you have full-time employment when you arrive in canada that's really the best case scenario but like i said even if you're coming over on a work permit it's still pretty good it's going to open a lot of doors for you uh, if you're interested in canadian permanent residence 
Okay, I think we can kind of maybe skip over this slide here, the work permit and the direct permit residency, because the next one we'll kind of start getting into answering the question that will be on a lot of people's minds, which is how do I get the job? Like, how, how do I get the offer and things like that? And what comes into play is you start getting into, well, I guess we can cover the direct permanent residency programs, but I want to get down the road in a little bit. And we're going to sure. talk about that LMIA, which uh, tends to yeah. people up a little. But right, for yeah. direct permanent residency, there are some programs that can get people right in here off the yeah. bat. Let's go through some of them. Yeah, I'll, I'll just talk about the direct permanent residency first, because there are, you know, like I said, there are some programs that will allow you to obtain permanent residence or apply for permanent residence directly as soon as you have that valid job offer. Okay, for example, the Rural and Northern Immigration Pilot Program, uh, the Atlantic Immigration Program, it used to be Atlantic Immigration Pilot Program, it's no longer a pilot program, it's been turned into a permanent program. Uh, other provincial nominee programs, Saskatchewan, whatever. Okay, so depending on where the job is, if you have a valid job offer, you might be able to apply for permanent residence directly, which is great, but like I said, it's not always the case. Uh, and the job offer can't just be a job offer from your friend who, you know, owns a, a restaurant in uh, in uh, Scarborough or whatever. Okay, it has to be a valid job offer. Okay, and usually what we mean by when we say valid job offer is you need to have, it needs to be backed by an LMIA, as you mentioned. Uh, what is an LMIA? Uh, LMIA is a labor market impact assessment. So this is something that your employer applies for. Uh, they need to prove basically that they couldn't find anybody here in Canada to fill this job vacancy at their company. So they need to bring in somebody from overseas. Okay, so most jobs require an LMIA. Uh, that's something that we can help with as well. Okay, but uh, not every job. Okay, some jobs don't require LMIA, uh, famously tech jobs. Okay, if you have a job as a computer programmer or a computer engineer here in Canada, uh, you know, depending on the job itself, you may not need to get that LMIA, uh, in, in which case you can come over a lot faster. You can get here a lot faster. Okay. But even if you need to get the LMIA, uh, you know, we can still help with that. Once you're here, you have the, you know, you have the LMIA, you apply for the work permit, you come in on a work permit, then that's still going to create options for you when you're applying for permanent residence. Right. And if you're on the podcast, you can flip on over to the YouTube channel to see the slides that we're putting up with these points on them. Uh, let's get into yeah. that labor market impact assessment just a little bit. Uh, just kind of fill it in for people that how long that process takes. So let's say they get a job offer from someone mm -hmm. and then they say, yes, I'd love that job. Has that person already put the LMIA into process or does it start after they want to give someone a job or how does it work? Yeah, technically, you know, there's two separate applications. There's the employer's application for uh, a labor market impact assessment. That's going to take, you know, a few weeks to process at the very least. Uh, you know, sometimes the employer has somebody specific in mind when they submit that LMIA. Sometimes they don't. Uh, you know, so really it depends if, if the you know, if the employee and the employer already know that, you know, they're a good match for each other uh, before the LMIA process starts, uh, then, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely for the employer, it's going to be a slower than if they were hiring somebody in Canada. But, you know, there are gaps in the Canadian labor market that, you know, employers, there are positions that, that just can't be filled. And, you know, so what you're seeing now is you're seeing more and more companies who are catering to those employers and employees like you know obviously in canada we've had you know job search 
websites here for years and years. Uh, there are dozens of different uh, you know, uh, websites for people who are looking for jobs, uh, but we haven't really had a lot of uh, websites devoted specifically to foreign workers, but you're, you're starting to see a little bit of a shift uh, and there are more and more of those types of job search tools available online. Uh, just for example, uh, PGA uh, has, a, has a, a page that allows you to apply for some jobs uh, online. Uh, so depending on you know, what your background is, you may be able to apply for a job uh, directly through one of those services as well. Uh, so you know, there are more and more options out there for people who are looking for jobs in Canada. And uh, you know, I think that it's really a demand on both sides, it's a demand from the employees who want to come into Canada and get a job here, obviously, because like I said, there are options for applying for PR directly without a job offer in Canada are limited. And it's also there's also a demand on the employer side uh, because really there are some major gaps in the labor market here in Canada. Uh, there are a lot of employers who can't find the workers that they need here in Canada. So they're starting to look more and more at workers who are overseas and trying to bring those people over and fill those gaps. Right. And that uh, website that you mentioned, paceglobaladvantage.com, a sister organization with Pace that uh, will have some job information on there for people if they want to go over there and take a look at that. Uh, what's your, just to uh, cap things off, what's your final analysis of this? I mean, we're, we're sitting there with a big backlog of people trying to get in the country, express yeah. entry, still on pause. I mean, if you were giving someone some dead honest advice about the best way to do it, it sounded like maybe the the per direct permanent residency route or one of the provincial nominee programs? What do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I would say that if you can find a job in Canada, if you can go to one of these sites and find an employer who really wants to bring you over, you feel that, you know, the employer is confident that they can't find anybody here in Canada and they're committed to bringing you in to fill that, that role. That's going to be the first step, trying to find that job. Uh, once you have that job, then depending on where it is, you might be able to apply for direct PR, but it doesn't really matter. Okay. If you want to come over on a work permit for, if your only option is to come over on a work permit first, it's fine. Just come over on the work permit. Work permits are great. Okay. Your, uh, your spouse or common law partner will also be able to apply for an open work permit so they can come join you here in Canada, potentially, uh, your, if you have dependent children they'll also be able to apply for study permits. So, you know, a work permit is, is a great way to get your foot in the door. And once you're here, then that's going to open up all kinds of doors for you for applying for permanent residence eventually. So it doesn't really matter whether it's direct PR application, work permit first, and then PR. Uh, the point is just to get on the ground here in Canada, start working, you know, establish yourself, and then, you know, the government really favors those people who already have proven to the government that they're able to uh, take care of themselves and, you know, stay employed and uh, be, you know, contributing members of society, basically, uh, one, when, they've, uh, when they're submitting their PR application. Yeah, I mean, the immigration minister himself came out and said that uh, that whole thing of turning temps into permanence is going to become a feature of the immigration, uh, the yeah. way Canada, Canada does immigration going forward. So if you can get on the ground early, even temper as a temporary, uh, there's a good chance that could turn into permanent residency. So definitely, definitely. All right, Vince, uh, thanks for that. If people want to contact you, of course, it's vlalonde.pacelawfirm.com. And also, I guess we should mention you can help out employers too with the LMIA stuff, eh? 
That's right. Yeah. So this video is not just for the employees. I mean, those are the people who are usually contacting us, people who are outside of Canada who want to come in. Right. But obviously, you know, we work with a lot of employers. Uh, we like to find ways to avoid the LMIA process. Uh, so there are a lot of exceptions. There are a lot of types of jobs that don't require LMIA. We're pretty good at finding a way to avoid that LMIA process uh, so that you can bring your workers over more quickly. Uh, without having to go through the whole LMIA procedure. Uh, no guarantees, but you know we can do our best to help employers in that regard as well. Excellent. Okay, Vince, we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Sounds good, Sean. Thanks.